0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the always in pursuit podcast. Uh, we are really happy that you're joining us today. My name is Aaron. And uh, <laughs> I'm on staff at Pursuit. Joined uh, by Megan and Pastor Good Mark. Morning, everyone. Hey, guys. And uh, excited to have another conversation with you all this week. Um the purpose of this podcast is we just dive a little bit deeper into the topics that are discussed on Sundays in our messages and sermon series. And uh, besides doing that, we also like to have fun and uh, explore
1: other things as Fun's well. Fun's not allowed.
0: It's not allowed. When
2: I talk about the podcast in from the pulpit or in announcements or anything, do you think it's too much? Do you think I should not be like inviting people to listen to this? I mean... I. This is just my cuz we're getting on it. we're getting many dozens of views.
0: Yeah. many. <laughs> many dozens. Many dozens. <laughs> <laughs> my opinion tens is tens of views, guys. <laughs> I we're not doing this to get views or listens That's, or like promote we're, ourselves. We're, not. we're just doing it as like yet another way to I don't know, go deeper. Yes. Yeah. But also,
2: uh, socks are really important and I'd like to tell you about Bombas. If you use this code, you can get 20% off. Shut your face. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Are you tired of making meals from scratch? Like, here's a code for HelloFresh,
0: right? (laughs) ZipRecruiter. This has
1: been the last two days. They're just... I don't know if there's like a full moon or something. No,
0: oh, we're leaving for Florida next week. That's what it is. That's leaving. That pre-vacation mode. Planes. I don't know if it's a vacation, but <laughs> it's going awesome. to be sunny. Yeah. Get we're,
1: behind me, Satan. I
0: know. We're, we're No go- COVID.
2: Sorry. I'm just adjusting these volumes yeah. so we don't blow everyone's ears out. Um, they
1: probably appreciate that.
2: We are. Yeah. We cover your prayers, church, because we're going to Orlando next week. It's going to, we're going to suffer for Jesus. I heard it's going to be like 90 degrees every day with no rain. And,
0: you know, somebody needs to go and suffer for the Lord. Uh, We're not going to like go to Disneyland as a staff or Disney World. Uh, We're going to the Exponential Conference. (laughs) So so this is a, the lines are
1: pretty long still.
0: Church playing conference that we're going to be at. I am the only one who's trying to be serious right now. Hold on.
2: You need to explain this. There's one place at this conference where the line is not long.
1: And that's in the women's restaurant. That's
2: right. After Whoa. after every single
1: uh, yes, after converge every single session, roast.
2: There's, not a lot of women. There's a. It's not just converged. Converge. It's true. It, All church planting. There's 50 people in every line for every men's bathroom, yeah. and the women I walk just straight right in. in.
1: Yep, <laughs> it's great. It's the only time that ever happens. Uh, but we're excited to take our whole staff, along with Cindy Jones, our church planter from Winter Lake, will be joining us as well. We're going with a group of nine other church planters here from Minnesota and Iowa staying in a house in Orlando. It's going to be a lot of fun.
2: 14 of us in the house. Yep. There are 14 of us total. The house is 10 bedrooms Uh and like eight bathrooms. Yep. It has a giant pool. Uh, not that we have time to use it. <laughs> no. Um,
1: Bobby, finally no lines. Yes. yes. <laughs> we will enjoy that. Yes. Um, Being I, a f-
0: female in ministry at any ministry conference is like.
1: It's, that's the that's where on. you get the benefit.
0: So 14 people in this house? Yes. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, we kind of missed an opportunity. I think we should have pitched this to like MTV for like real world <laughs> church planner. <laughs> like, I
1: mean, I did. I did try and pull strings with David to get you and Mark in the princess room.
0: David's, David's um, in charge uh, of our. Just house. because
1: it will just make me happy yeah. for no other reason than uh, I will personally enjoy it. You this, guys
2: need to get your area to your mic
0: figured out because I'm trying to get our volume normalized. I'm find, right here. Find, find like your place. I'm right here. Okay. Yes, uh, The house we're staying in has, a, like, every room is themed. Uh, it's, near, it's near Disney. Yeah, it's near Disney. Mm-hmm. And they kind of expect, like, no, no, multiple no. families. There
1: are only three rooms that are themed. Really? Everybody else's rooms are just, like, beautiful vacation Star rooms.
0: Star Wars, Princess, and then what's the other one?
1: Ours is Minions <laughs> and, like, random Disney things on the wall.
0: I'm happy with whatever. Um, yeah.
1: Everybody else's is, is like, princess, vacation home. Princess is Like, tan walls and yeah. white bedding.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but what fun is that?
0: So uh,
2: it's going to be a lot of fun. I think. Yes. So I haven't gotten COVID for the entire time of COVID's existence. We're getting on a plane flying to Florida. Yes, I said that. Yep. Florida, where we know everything in the it's world gonna, happens. Gonna happen. We're going to be staying in a house with 14 people, and we're going to be going to a conference with three to 5,000 people, depending, yeah. I don't know how many people are going to show yeah. up. So the chances of us being exposed to this are 100%. And mm-hmm. just hoping that booster holds up and I don't get COVID. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So a bit be, of praying, risk. be praying for Mark.
1: So if you think pray about us, us, yeah, pray for us next Monday through Thursday. Yeah, we would, we yes. would really love it.
2: That it's refreshing, <laughs> that we get a lot out of it for the ministry. Um, that we, again, the the point of this is not even sometimes the content that you get out of it. This is a culture thing. These This is our tribe. Mm-hmm. These are all people who are from churches that plant churches or they are church planters themselves or they are prospective church planters Mm -hmm. so we have in our house of four or five people who are thinking about planting in the future four or five of us who have done it recently or been through this and then some of us who are now churches who do this Mm -hmm. so it's uh it's a chance for us to get with our people which we have not been with in you know two Mm -hmm. years two
1: years now yep
2: so, yeah.
1: It's you know. just a bunch of weirdo pastors who are just wanting hey. to plant more churches. I say that. Bobby says we get the princess room. Bobby, <laughs> yeah. we can't. It doesn't have the bunk beds. It won't fit us all. Um,
2: Me and Mark called it. I don't care. We nipsed it. I'm happy with whatever. Um,
1: but it's it's a, I, I include myself in this weirdo pastors group. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a different group of ministry people. And we think similarly about multiplication and planting churches. And it's just a fun week. Yeah. It'll be a good time. Yeah.
0: So back to the conversation at hand, Uh, Mark, before uh, you give us a recap of this week's message, I just want to say that, um, We want your feedback and we want your questions. And so, you know, some of the best conversations we have in this forum are based off of what you guys are asking. And so if there's any anything out there that you any comments, any questions, anything, uh, feel free to send that to us. If you're on Facebook or YouTube, you can also text or email us as well. Uh, We would love to have that. So, Mark, give us a recap.
2: Yeah. First, John. Yes, yeah, so we started first John. We're doing seven weeks. I'm doing a ten week series in seven weeks because um, you know I love to bite off more than I can chew. Classic. And uh, this long
0: week, sermons. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the
2: first two are really tough because I'm compressing a longer section into one week. And this week I did the background and context. But yep. so just to uh, start from the right place, like this is John the disciple, mm-hmm. not John the Baptist. Mm-hmm. I think he's, sometimes there's confusion. People are like, there's multiple John's. He's bad. still good. There's a lot of Judas. There's a lot of Johns. Yeah. There's a lot of like you know you have to pay. Thomases. T- you, know. <laughs> you have to pay attention to which one we're talking mm-hmm. about when we start talking about stuff. But he's the disciple that was in his book, um, the one Jesus loved. You know, um, <clears throat> uh, I can't remember is it him or Peter that's faster in the foot race to get to the. It, it says it like I think in Johns it says something like. Um, Peter arriving after John, yeah. because they because he's
0: obviously faster in a foot race. Can I just say that, like, if I ever were to write an epistle, I would be like, "Aaron, the one that God really loved." <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, it's
2: it's funny when you actually look at yeah. John's uh, uh, gospel, yeah. how many little digs there
0: are at some of the other yeah. uh, disciples, especially Peter. I, I can't say this enough. Like they, God really really likes me a lot yeah. i mean i know there were three the three
2: but honestly like i was the one right like yeah. so um and he's the so james and john mm-hmm. are the sons of zebedee or the sons of thunder jesus gives them that like nickname that like they're you know just boisterous outgoing sort of uh meatheads yeah kind yeah. of right yeah. big dumb animal yeah. you know a little bit of cory uh uh <laughs> Corey Jones going on there.
1: Corey, we love you. I just feel we like you love
2: Corey. I do feel like he he would be this guy. He's just, you know, just lovable and, you know, just, I don't know, the life of the party. Like, this is how I think about John when I think about yeah. him. Yeah. But what we're getting here in the epistle is, is crotchety John, which maybe not crotchety John, but maybe like uh, not a lot of time left. Thoughtful. It's like old grandpa. Straightforward. Yeah. There's no, there's no like, like, you know you think about John chapter one, I mean, one of the most amazing pieces of poetry really like to start his book, like he's trying to engage like the Greek mind Mm -hmm. when he says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God where was there in the beginning. Everything was created through the word. You know, this light came into the, to the, to the world and it, it pushed back the darkness and the the world couldn't deal. it. Like the way he writes is eloquent and beautiful and full of poetry and, um, you know, not like Luke is very scientific, very detail oriented. He's very like, uh, his is more of a, like, think of a, being like a textbook, you know, John's is more poetry. He's engaging people that are used to reading like, like, uh, philosophers, mm-hmm. Aristotle, right. Or yeah. like whatever. So, and but by the time you get to first John, he's, he's not, there's not a lot of that.
1: He's got a little bit of that left. But he's also, like, not mincing his words. Right. He's not afraid of offending you. He's just going to say exactly what he wants to say. Right. And he's going to cut right to the point.
2: Yeah. And some of the stuff he says in the first chapter that we looked at is, like, really, really harsh. Like, you're a liar and the truth is not in you. (laughs) Like Yeah. Oh, uh, (laughs) well. But I love
0: you. Well, crap, you know, like, and and just so we all remember, God really likes me. I made grandpa upset. Like uh, (laughs) my
1: beloved children.
0: I think one of the things I I appreciate about this imagery in, in, in John is that at that stage of his life, um, I mean, it's pretty easy to kind of put yourself in those shoes and think like, okay, if I were old, getting close to the end of life, and I can write maybe a few more words or say a few more things to my loved ones. Like you kind of start to distill down, like what are the important things that I want to pass on? Like what are Mm -hmm. the things that I want to say that I think are crucial for my loved ones to hear? And I really, that it puts a really precious context on, on the book, even the harsh parts. Cause it's like, I mean, we all know this from having loved ones, brothers and sisters, maybe not so much parents, but like friends, Sometimes you just got to set them straight. Yep, And okay. that's like, it's kind of fun to do that. Yeah. And
2: <laughs> run know? it, run it through the filter of like, yeah. it's not me. Yeah. Like it's an, an older venerated, mm-hmm. like treasure of the church.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Who's now. So then run that through. Like if you have that beloved grandparent who says yeah. something really hard to you, you'd run it through the, like, I'm going to listen to what they have to say. Yeah. Like, Damn. You know, like, yeah. like whatever. Like
1: that may be hurt a little bit but I probably needed to hear that. Yes,
2: And that's kind of the context. I just, I always want to make sure that people understand that John hasn't really changed. A lot of the language is the same from the John gospel to the first John book uh, or sermon, really. Mm -hmm. It's an epistle, but it's really a sermon. Um, But he has gotten older and wiser and more succinct in what he's saying now. Not so thunderous. And I, I shared the, the quote from, um Jerome who is doing a commentary on Galatians you know that if you have a commentary with just one name mm-hmm. it's old like this is an old commentary <laughs> this is like a long long ago commentary but he said the blessed John the evangelist lived in Ephesus until extremely old age his disciples could barely carry him to church he could not muster the voice to speak many words during the individual gatherings he would he usually said nothing except little children love one another like they were carrying him. Can you just imagine like mm-hmm. the ch- the doors in the back of the church open up and they carry John in and they set him down in front of everyone and he's able to muster out whatever sermon he's able to muster out. Like just how epic and intense that would have been, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So that's the context of what we're finding. And then the other thing is like they're dealing with a lot of things that we're dealing with. And I I might have been a little bit confusing when I said it when I re- went back and re listen to it. I think it was a little confusing when I said this, but, um, some of the issues they're dealing with, are some of the issues that we're dealing with. And I started to think about, well, what would my epistle look like if I was going to write the epistle of Mark? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what would be the things I'd want to deal with? You know, what would be the, the issues that I'd want to bring up with people today's day and age? And I gave a couple of, uh, examples. My epistle would be start with the idea that we lack universal truth and what that has done to us as believers. Uh, The fact that we can't agree on what is true and what isn't true is a major problem when it comes to the idea that Jesus says, I am the truth, I am the only way, like there's an exclusivity to what Jesus says. He tells us some, some things are true and some things aren't. And if we have this relative version of truth, it just erodes everything that we possibly could believe Mm -hmm. and creates uh, factions and disunity in any group. Right. Like, I do think Mm -hmm. you see that not just in the church, but even among like, Think of like political movements or, um, you know, or or uh, social organizations Mm -hmm. where you even have people who are like purists and like not purists, like warring within the group because their versions of truth are totally different. Mm -hmm. Right. They start like sometimes if if an organization is going well, you won't hear much about that kind of stuff. But if it's going poorly, they start eating each other. They Mm -hmm. start canceling each other. They're not on the same page about what's going on. Like um, that happens in churches. That's that's kind of what's you know, there's there's a little bit of tension in this church about about truth. I would start my epistle there because I think the eroding of universal truth has really messed with mm. all of our theology, what we believe about God, how we process pain in the world, and how we process um kind of where we fit in everything and what the purpose of all this was. And we've kind of overlaid um our own ideas on what God should be based on how we would lead if we were in charge onto him and said, well, he must be like this. So then our theology about him was wrong. Like here's an example, because I know that's a little bit out there. We might say, if it were up to me, I wouldn't let my children suffer. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Anything I could do to keep my kids from suffering, I would do. Mm -hmm. Right. But then, you know, we see that God allows for suffering and we think, well, he must not be good or he must not be in control. Mm -hmm. This must, you know, this can't be part because I know how I would lead if I had unlimited amount of power and I was in charge of everything. And I knew, but it's such a like limited view when we start taking what we would do and placing it on God as like the ideal and then then questioning our theology because of of that thought process. Like uh, we need to let scripture speak about who God is and we need to allow that universal truth to to claim what he is and, Mm -hmm. and who he is. And I think we've gotten real mixed up because we start from a perspective of it must be like this mm-hmm. and it's not like this. So now let me fix the theology yeah. to work. Mm-hmm. Some of those places are innocuous, not a huge deal. Other things are gigantic, right? Yeah. Like the goodness of God is one of those things that I think a lot of has been way eroded mm-hmm. because of the suffering that we see in our world.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And it's really hard to worship someone you don't think is good. Yeah, Like that's kind of a crazy thought. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's a lot of people out there who have gotten to the place of saying he's evil. He's allowing all this to happen to me or other people I love mm-hmm. and yet be able to worship. You can't worship something that you believe is evil. Mm-hmm. Right. Um. So just that I would start there. Lack of universal truth has messed a lot of stuff up for us. Then I would go to the proliferation of information, both good and bad. Like the idea that we have everything in our fingertips, but also we have everything in our fingertips. Like, <laughs> It's great that I can get an answer on, you know, what movie were these two people in at the same time? Like, what era is that from? And then go watch that movie and be like, I can't believe I missed that movie in 2016, you know, whatever. Uh, literally, that happened to me the other day. I was like, these two people in the same movie? Like, what? And I went and watched it. I was like, that's a great movie. I can't believe I missed that. Yeah. Um, But like, also, you know, when I ask a real question to the yeah. Internet and it just throws at me a million hits and they're not ranked by like, what's most mm-hmm. valid mm-hmm. we got problems yeah. you know um, well there's
1: almost no emphasis on retaining information anymore true why would i have to remember this when i can just look at my phone or pull up the internet and it's right there yeah
2: yeah how many numbers you're probably too young do you, you how many numbers did you memorize oh man
0: before you had a cell phone did you, you oh, i didn't
1: have a cell phone until i graduated high school like i memorized phone numbers
0: yeah I probably had like a dozen numbers yeah. memorized probably uh, money. at least. Yeah. yeah. Like I think I had like our house, my mom and dad's work. Um, Like we, our family had a cell phone, but that was like, if we traveled, we would bring it with, that was a huge day by the way in our house when like my parents would let me <laughs> take that like when i would go out with my friends you i could take
1: the car phone i car like i would phone. the
0: pocket in my carpenter jeans fit that <laughs> qualcomm like big brick phone in there perfect i felt, so cool. I felt so cool Jinkos, i'm wore jinkos i never wore jinkos like that was not me you just you Jess just another pot. she had pink hair too oh yes <laughs> she's kind of a skater chick uh but yeah like Avril i remember Levine yes it's on my phone uh i still like <laughs> <laughs> i remember my mom like i would go out like with my friends and i'd be like kept bringing a cell phone and she'd literally go to her purse and like take out like three quarters back like, if you need to call someone <laughs> find a payphone. uh and just for if people are listening there used to be these things called payphones, and uh they were on the side of the street. They were usually like gas stations. I'm looking out across the street at Speedway and I can see there's like a booth where there was a payphone years ago and the booth is still there, but there's no phone. Like <laughs> it's, it's this weird concept of like you would stop on the side of streets, park your car, get out, put money into this thing. It wasn't a vending machine. Like it was a, it was a phone. You know, yep. you used to not carry a phone with you. It's crazy.
2: Well, like now you would memorize my kids. have basically. My phone number, my wife's phone number, and their address memorized. I don't
1: know if I have any phone numbers memorized right now.
2: Hmm. I probably should. I just have Marty's, I'm pretty sure. I don't think I know any other.
1: I had my my parents' house phone. I literally. But they got rid of that years ago. I literally
2: ask you what's the number for the office every time I have to put it on some sort of thing.
0: I can still remember our church's phone. 612-431-5858.
2: Uh hold on, let's give Sorry it Sorry. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know well, they've they've switched buildings several times. Everyone that. text that number. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Valley Christian Church Lakeville. I just so. think like the idea that the proliferation of information, good and bad, is inter- is very interesting. Yeah, yeah. Having everything at the our fingertips, also having access to everything we could possibly want. Like you think of the proliferation of pornography, the proliferation of uh the addiction that people have to social media, the I mean, I think all this stuff is Probably the thing that we ha- haven't navigated well, and mm-hmm. we're going to have to figure out how to navigate as believers better mm-hmm. and train our kids in the next generation, like realizing how dangerous all this is. I don't mm-hmm. think we realized at first how dangerous it was. And now I think we do. Um, so that's my epistle. And then the last thing would have been, I think I would talk about justification gymnastics, mm-hmm. where, where people will just justify their behavior that they want or the things that they want to do through all kinds of rigmaru. Huh. Like they'll just come up with ways to justify whatever it is that they want to do. And I mean, I even saw there was a story. I, I can't believe this is true. Like it just, I like, I can't believe that this, sometimes you, you see a story and you're like, I better not hear any more about this. And then you see another one a couple months later and then another one, it picks up, but there I was, I can't wait to hear what this is. Oh dude, there was a, um, there's a way of now talking about, um, what's pedophiles as it being a like justifiable um yeah. and you're like no no i think as a society we all agreed this is a yeah. no-go area um and people are like no no they're just like um i forget what it, it was like um underage attracted or like it was some word that was trying to make it we
1: don't need to make this better i'm like no
2: no no let's call that pedophilia and let's like let's keep yeah. that person on a list that we can all search for like that. That was a good thing. Yeah. Um. But like we're continually as a society, just breaking down. Well, that's, that's off limits. Let's do that. Let's, that's off limits. Let's, let's normalize that that's off limits. Let's make that normal. Like before long, it's going to be like, you know, like, um, you know, rage prone murderous, Uh, you know, like, and we'll just come up with ways to like murder people. Like, Yeah, there's I
1: I
0: don't know if that'll happen, but like driving on the sidewalk, I've never were this close dude. pedophilia. I never would have thought we would we would cross that boundary. And yet here we are giving like, I mean, look at ancient Rome. Yes. Right. That's kind of what they were. I can just
1: take the second half of that one verse completely out of context and make it mean whatever I want it to. Yes.
2: And it's justification gymnastics. And the thing is, it's it's one thing to talk about in our society, but also like personally, we do this. Yeah, but mm-hmm. like we think like, oh, this isn't hurting anyone, or oh, I can, you know, whatever doesn't change. It's like we've lost all holiness concepts, and I, I get the like backlash again. We were talking about maybe swinging the pendulum too far. Yeah. Well, so the church swung the pendulum in the '80s and '90s to like basically shame everybody
0: mm-hmm.
2: who wasn't living up to whatever this purity culture, yes, yeah, standard yeah. that they created, right? Yeah. When do you ever see Jesus shaming anyone? Do you ever see Jesus at the well? Like she's he's like looking the woman in the eye and calling out her sin and doing it in a way that like she feels like validated and like Mm -hmm. loved and seen. I mean, he did
0: kind of shame some Pharisees in there a couple of times.
2: You're right. Religiosity (laughs) is the only place where he does shame people. And so the 80s and 90s, there was a lot of shame. That was like yeah. a way to control, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to make sure that nobody wears a bikini at a youth group event or we're going to make sure that anyone who had.
1: Instead of actually talking about. Mindsets yes. and like just force your girls to wear this instead of actually talking to your boys. Yes. Like.
2: Yeah. Yes. And as a youth pastor, I always took the other end of the spectrum and I got heat all the time. Uh, it made me not want to do any sort of event where there would have been like. Bathing Water. Suits. Yeah. But like um, basically I would tell. Like everyone, the parents make decisions for their teens Mm -hmm. and we don't have a standard and we just left it at that. And sometimes we would have kids that came from, you know, outside of the church and they'd be dressed a certain way and there'd Mm -hmm. be kids coming from inside the church and their parents, you know, talked to them about modesty and they dressed a certain way. And those kids would get so mad that it was like a double standard. But I was like, no, this is not a double standard. Like this is what. So we had this purity culture. And I think we swung the pendulum so far in the other direction mm-hmm. that now we're like, there is no standard. As long as you say with your mouth that you love Jesus, you can do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. And we've justified it. And we've said, hey, I'm forgiven through grace, you know, like I can do whatever I want. You know, yep. And we just throw out the idea that Paul says, hey, you know, like it is for freedom that you've been set free. But don't use that freedom to continue on to be a slave to sin. Mm-hmm. Right. we we are not held to a perfection standard because that's impossible, but we are called to holiness to be set apart from the world around us. And I think we've gotten way too comfortable with just sort of um, just sort of allowing for even in ourselves, not in other people, like not even holding other people to standard, but allowing in ourselves Areas where we know holiness could be, it would change everything about the way we're doing something. Yeah. Um, We just don't, we just don't engage with it Mm because we've swung it so far the other direction. Like, well, purity culture sucks. Now I'm just going to do what I want. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it does. And also, you completely throwing out the idea of holiness sucks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Both of those things are terrible. Yep. You know, like
1: there's got to be a middle ground. Yes. There.
2: You should be striving for holiness, but doing it in humility. Yeah. (laughs) Understanding that you won't, Mm -hmm. you won't get there. Like, this is what, transformation looks like mm-hmm. this is you know so I, so this is the gospel of mark this Not is my epistle. gospel of mark i'm excited <laughs> about telling you about my epistle i thought about the gospel
1: it. Of so M-A. this is
2: second mark here's my question for the two of you <laughs> and you can think about this at home what would be one thing in your epistle
1: yeah i thought about this a little bit um and this is like a rough thought mm-hmm. but i think it would be somewhere the cross-section or combination of Speaking against a faith by works, you can do it on your own. Just try harder and like talking about Sabbath and boundaries. So like just realize that you have to release things and let God in, but then actually seek time with him. Mm -hmm. That those two things go together Mm -hmm. and you can't just say, "Okay, well, I can't earn it. So just mm-hmm. like leave it to maybe happen, but that you actually have to like work for your relationship, not for your salvation. Right. Yeah. Somewhere in there.
2: Yeah. I mean, James lays that out like, Hey, your words, mm-hmm. they're one thing, but like your words and your actions are yep. a whole nother thing. John, not this isn't James and John, this is James, the brother of Jesus. And then John who has a brother named James as well. But, uh, Lots of James. Very confusing. All confusing. Yeah. <laughs> very, very confusing. But he's saying the same thing here. He's about to say, like, hey, you talk a good game. Yeah. But if your life doesn't like line yep. up with it, you're a liar and the truth is not in yeah. you. <laughs> like, he doesn't mince words.
1: A little zinger in there. So that so would yeah, be in the Megan epistle. Yeah. I think that would be. Yeah. I'm sure there'd be other things, but. Yeah. Yeah. Aaron.
0: Aaron. What would be in the Aaron epistle? Uh, I think mine would be predominantly food based. So it'd be a lot of recipes. <laughs> um <laughs> You know, and that
2: that's a great segue to uh, our next sponsor. If you, yeah. I want to tell you about Blue Apron.
1: <laughs> DoorDash. Keep going, No, uh,
0: mine, I think, would be, so the, this kind of comes out of, like, my years of youth ministry um, and having this conversation in many different forms over the years, many different times with many different people. But I, I think, like... Um, I I would want to write and help people prioritize things in their life and their faith. Cause I think, you know, it, it's in some ways it's kind of like what you're saying with the justification gymnastics, not so much justifying sin, but like justifying why I don't live my life more for God mm-hmm. or why I don't have a stronger faith. Like, mm-hmm. I really have to, you know, my kids got basketball practice like that's your a tournament this weekend. That's a really big deal. Like it's an important thing. Not me railing against these sports or anything like that. Like I'm a parent. I get it. My kids are in sports. It's more of um, I just think there's so many things in our lives, our careers, our families, our hobbies, our social life where we fall into this trap of of justifying our priorities the way we have them where we have them set. And I think a lot of people could benefit from taking a really high level view of not only like the themes and the purpose of scripture, but like what Jesus was saying and kind of the high level things, and then really bringing that down to ground level and being like, what actually are we doing here with our faith? Yep. You know, cause like some of these things that we're just doing, it might make you feel better about yourself, but it doesn't actually mean a whole lot, you know? Right. That faith by works mm-hmm. thing that you're talking about. So I, yeah. I think like it would just be about helping people prioritize faith, living out their faith and and like the outputs of that, what that would actually look like. So, yeah, I've
2: been amazed at the the floor of what it takes now for people to choose not to be involved in a church activity is so low. yeah comparatively (laughs) like i i'm not kidding like i we didn't really go to church like till i was like 11 Mm -hmm. like i think my my parents they had kind of stepped away from they'd been through a a pretty nasty experience in a church and kind of stepped away for a long time But when i was about 11 my brother was about uh see he'd been about six my mom started taking us back to church but like her philosophy and my dad's philosophy when he eventually my dad right I was around 13 he kind of stepped back into church and mm. like got his life sort of squared away uh with Jesus and it's like you would have had to somebody would have had to die like for us to mm. not make it to church like so we would have had to have like blood probably for us to not make it to church like we we mm-hmm. were we were there we were going to yeah. be there every every time the doors were open i remember when we moved to illinois we went to this church they had sunday morning sunday nights wednesday nights services yeah. we went three times yep. a week every time the doors My were open family as well now i feel like people are like they wake up they're like uh
1: there's an inch of snow on the driveway i don't know too much work
2: uh i guess uh guess it's it's under 20 i might as well not go today
0: like i, I think maybe the maybe there are people that are like that i i think it even goes deeper than that though cuz i think like i think the way people prioritize their faith the justifications that they find they think are worthy justifications. You know, like there are lazy people out there. They're like, if it's twenty degrees or there is an inch of snow, they're like, I ain't going. Sure. And I get that, but I think it's like, I think it goes so much deeper than that. Like, I think people really think like, you know, we did this thing last night. Kids need to get a sleep in or whatever. Yep. Like, there is just a million things out there, and the it's football not even
1: game starts tomorrow.
0: Yes. Before church yep. gets out, totally.
2: Somebody was so like, "I took like I took the kids to the ice castles yesterday, and it was really you know they wore them all out, so we couldn't make it on Sunday." I'm like, yeah. "Well, you made choices, like what?
0: what? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know." So, I, I, you're, I you were finishing. Your no, thing. I was just going to say that I think I think the the priorities. It's not so much the thing like it isn't the things that are prioritized equally or maybe slightly more than church or faith. Those things aren't evil necessarily, uh, but it's just like people, we're just missing it. Yeah. We're missing it. You know, yeah. those things are not eternal. They don't actually amount to a whole lot. And if people really think about it, it's like they're finite and fleeting and they don't really mean anything. Right. And yet mm-hmm. they're elevated to such a high point. Like, yep. mm-hmm. I don't know.
1: I think another thing that would be in mind with the current all the social media and comparisons of life would just be the reminder that there's no hierarchy of sin. We have to stop this. Like, well, I do that and I probably should stop, but it's not as bad as that person. <laughs> like yeah. that's way worse. It's part of just um,
2: justification. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. that's, yeah.
1: that's not biblical. Right. If you look at scripture, that's not in there. Right. There, there is no sense of that. Sin is sin.
0: Well, and not only that, but it's like, it's not only a hierarchy of sin. It's also not like, well, your bucket has got more sin than mine does. Yeah. It's like yeah. sin is either it's present or, or it's not, not. like yep. the lights on or it's off. Yep. You have sin in your life or you don't. Right. And yeah. like, yeah. And so, lights on. The lights on. Yeah. yeah. Like it's never off. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Exactly. It's not yeah. off until we go to heaven. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, Bobby commented that hers would be the gospel about community and how to live in community and have connection with others, which I think we have also lost. Mm hmm.
2: Yeah, it's weird. It's shifted. I think people love the idea of having community in their small group, but miss the idea that community is happening on Sunday. Yeah. Like that to me, that's a weird shift that's also happened. Like I also think people are like, oh, you know, I don't need to go to church. I can catch it online or whatever. Listen to it later. You're like, yeah, but you're missing out on what you do for the community when you're Mm -hmm. there. Like Mm -hmm. you're missing out on all the reasons why like we need to be together, you know, and it was like, um, you know, I, I mean, I don't want to call BS on everyone, but like the amount of people that have told me we watch and listen to services every weekend online is way more than mm-hmm. the amount of average viewers we have yeah. online. We, You know, we can track that, right? Like we can see who's watching. <laughs> like you, you realize that's a thing. Like yeah. we can see who's
0: well, watching. I think you you, people. you talked
1: about this a few weeks ago in your sermons, just how generationally, like 40, 50 years ago, yeah. there was much more emphasis on community And like family living, like having communal living groups. And then we got super independent um, and wanted to do everything on our own and just be dumb. Um, And we've lost that. And now we're starting to get it back a little bit. We like the idea of community. We've realized we need people. Um, But it's a super watered down version of what it could be.
0: Yeah, I think people have exchanged like their allegiance. Doesn't I feel like allegiance used to mean presence like that means like you were in person participating contributing and now allegiance just means it's internal you decide oh I'm a part of this or I'm not I may not be present but I'm a part of it. Right. Well
2: and there's like I said there's probably half a dozen maybe a dozen people somewhere in that range that are like yeah I'm, we're online every weekend. Um, No there's like four people that watched it on YouTube. Sorry like
0: you're that's not right. That's or not what's may, happening. Maybe they're all in like a house watching it, having a watch party.
2: Yeah. Maybe that's, maybe that's, they're having church somewhere else. That makes lots of sense. But, but I do think these, there's a lot of people out there that do pri- prioritize their small group mm-hmm. and then don't just don't just have, I have no room for Sunday. And what I want to say to them is like, and I know a lot of them have kids, like your kids are suffering if you do that. Mm. Cause guess what? Our kids yep. ministry is killing it right now. Yeah. And your kid needs to be around the other kids and to, be hearing about Jesus in a way that relates to them. Mm-hmm. And if you're just watching it online at home, you're not giving uh, yep. as much as you could to your, to your kids.
1: When I think to, to instill in them, those Christ centered values, they have to see you putting Christ and your faith first. Right. Mm-hmm. They have to see that modeled. We can't just tell them. Yep.
2: And but, you don't know what you mean to other people when you, mm-hmm. when you show up, it's not yep. just about you. Yeah. We all have this very selfish view of things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So sorry, you're about to say something.
1: Well, I just wanted to, I I think I say this like every three weeks or so, mm-hmm. Um, but we don't say this just to like shame you. We well, say I, this.
2: Shame works great.
1: No, <laughs> <laughs> wrong.
2: Sorry. I hate shame. Um, but we say this because
1: me. we love you and we want better for you. Like, don't hear this just as us complaining and talking about everything that we hate. Um, but this is our encouragement for us as a community to grow. Yeah. And this is us as well. We are not above this or better than this in any way.
2: It's an incoherent way of thinking that is prevalent today that when you really break it down, doesn't hold up. Mm-hmm. I, that's what I'm pointing out. Yeah. And it's like you say this, but what you're really saying is that you're just, you'd rather sit around your house on Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. That's really what you're saying. Like we're at a point now with COVID where, that's not really a reason anymore. Like
1: for most people. Yeah. yeah.
2: I mean like it's what do we have like a couple hundred cases now in Minnesota? Like we're, it's time to stop using that as an excuse. Mm -hmm. Like, so what is your excuse? And if it's that you just don't want to engage with the community, like that's a really selfish way of thinking. That's not serving your kids as, as well as it could be. Like, there's a lot of reasons why that's, not the right way to go but mm-hmm. but of course we're right now preaching to the choir because the only people listening to this podcast are ones that are there like faithfully every single week so whatever <laughs> um but uh but yeah bring it up in your small group challenge yeah. the people that aren't there
1: 100
2: um okay so so john you know gets into his uh epistle and he hits like a ton of bricks right from the from the get-go there's no Extra stuff. Paul always eases in, you know. He's always like, "This is why we don't know who write, wrote Hebrews because it it doesn't have any of the Paul trappings." Um, you know, there's still an argument that Paul wrote it, but like, it doesn't have any of the like, "Greet this person," or "I'll be coming on my next journey," or "Bring my jacket," or like, there's none of that stuff. Shall,
0: say hello to Timothy for me. Yeah, yeah. right. Like,
2: <laughs> um, but in this one, John, he doesn't pull his punches at all. And by the way, I should always say, like, we assume it's written by John. That's what church history tells us. There's always chump theologians out there who will argue the veracity of who wrote every single book and it's just silly like they there'll be somebody out there every single one of these it'll be like John James John didn't even write that it's written after he was gone it was written 200 years later like okay whatever bro go back to your corner of the internet
0: and be you know not paid attention that's gonna be a quote somewhere chump theologian chump (laughs) theologian (laughs) so
1: you're saying the earth is flat
0: if Uh, they can go uh, to a corner it's
2: yeah, I don't want to get into it because I could I could really <laughs> jump on a soapbox and go. Um, uh, so, yeah. So, so John jumps right into it and he basically says, look, that which was from the beginning, the beginning, which calls back first John or John chapter one. First mm-hmm. John chapter one calls back to John chapter one.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Because mm-hmm. in
2: the beginning was the word. The word was with God. So he says that which was from the beginning. In other words, I'm referring back to my first gospel, my, mm-hmm. my first writing, my gospel. Um, and we have heard we have seen. With our own eyes that we've looked at, our hands have touched, that we proclaim concerning the word of life. He says, what I'm about to tell you is valid because I was there. I saw it. I touched it. I experienced all of this. We didn't just hear about it. This isn't just hearsay. This is firsthand testimony. And by the way, he's one of the last people who can give firsthand testimony. Mm -hmm. It's not that there weren't younger people around that could still give testimony, but they can't give testimony like John can, Mm -hmm. like not like like Peter can, not like James could Mm -hmm. like he's the last of those disciples. If you go and look at the history of how the disciples passed away, it's like, you know, upside down crucifix, like beheading, like burning, like stoning. Mm -hmm. They all died horrible martyr deaths. Yeah. And they all to their grave went. Uh, out with Jesus on their lips Mm -hmm. like to Mm -hmm. me it's one of the most uh, important pieces of information that you could tell me about why this is all true and real Mm -hmm. because if those initial disciples were willing to die in those horrific ways Mm -hmm. that tells me that they 100% believed it with every ounce of their being Mm -hmm. yeah and that comes from seeing a resurrected okay. Jesus for 40 days after he went to the cross and then watching him ascend into heaven. And that moment changes your life forever to where you're like, I will never tell a lie about this. I can't go back on this. Yep. This, this definitely happened. I'm not going to say it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to put me to it, then I'm going to die saying it happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so John is basically saying, hey, I'm the last one who can give you this testimony. Mm-hmm. like. Pay attention. This is important. This is why we should still be paying attention, Mm -hmm. you know, and some of the stuff he's going to deal with is some of the stuff that we still deal with. It's amazing how
0: like the issues they were having are similar issues to 2022. Yeah. Yeah. Like what was the series of movies where the person like uh, cheated death and then death was trying to get him the rest? Oh, yes. Um, That final destination. Yes. There should be like a Final Destination movie about the, the Apostles. I okay. uh, chalk that up to a terrible, terrible idea. Or brilliant. Uh, it could be like a history piece, but also with a twist. And John's the only one who didn't get it. I don't know. I digress. Listen, do you have trouble sleeping? I'm
1: sorry about <laughs> Casper mattresses.
2: <laughs> um, sorry, this is I'm going to on go. This is going to be. Yeah. <laughs> I wish you could see Megan right now. I just they can. <laughs> oh, boy, if you're online. This is a visual. Um, this is my life. So so John seems to spend the first part of this letter attacking the idea that people have um, just given up on the idea that they, that they have capacity for sin, that sin is a real thing. That, you know, essentially they don't need a savior. And Mm -hmm. he says, like, actually, (laughs) before we get into like the love one another thing, which is like his core piece of theology, that's his main thing. He's like, we have to agree the fact that we have sin in our lives, that sin is a terrible thing that destroys everything, destroys communities, destroys you, destroys the world around us, leads to all this pain and suffering that we're like having such a hard time processing. That sin is really the thing that is like the core of what messes everything up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if we start to get to a place where we are now basically denying sin or saying we don't have it or acting like we don't need forgiveness, Mm -hmm. then we're, we're lying to ourselves. And actually we're doing more than that. We're destroying our community. We're destroying our own lives and our family's lives that like, we have to start from that perspective of, I have capacity for sin and great harm. Like if I'm not aware of this, you know, and, and this the Bible talks about it with Cain and Abel that like sin crouches at your door. Mm-hmm. But the, the enemy crouches at your door like a roaring lion, like he's waiting to take you down. Mm-hmm. And if you don't pay attention to the fact that that exists and that's there and that's a real thing and you have mm-hmm. propensity to serve yourself and give into that sin and allow that sin to take hold in your life. If you aren't serious about that, then you don't need a savior you're, you're your own savior. And I'm not really sure why you're bringing Jesus into this. There are plenty mm-hmm. of people living that way and failing hard mm-hmm. and not realizing why they can't get out of the cycles that they're in because freedom comes through uh, admitting that you have that sin in your life, lamenting that sin. So actually owning it and lamenting it and then repenting mm-hmm. of it and changing the way that you live.
0: Yep.
2: And he's like, we got to start here because mm-hmm. this is a problem. Yeah. And to it, the basics, it was connected to the philosophical ideas of the day, which really would take hold over the next couple of centuries. Gnosticism would be a gigantic problem. Mm-hmm. Um, Gnosticism would even lead to uh, the, there are a couple of, of gospels. I'm, I'm What is this air I'm air quoting this, <laughs> um, which we call the Gnostic Gospels, which were written 200 years later, a couple hundred mm-hmm. years later, which were reinterpretations of the gospel through a Gnostic lens. Right. So the gospel of Thomas, the gospel of Judas, I think the gospel of there's another one. One of them has an awesome story about Jesus as a teenager. (laughs) It's definitely not true. But I always wondered what Jesus was like from that moment in the temple where he told all the, you know, the Pharisees what's up to that moment where he steps foot onto the scene and like what was going on I mean, it's, during a, that it's, time
0: it's, <laughs> in my mind it's a superhero thing where he starts learning about all his powers it's essentially smallville it's like yes, it talks about how yes, he's like yes. he runs for student class president
2: <laughs> all well the, the story is about him like um, a bird dying and he picks up the bird and brings it back to life mm-hmm. and you know so resurrects basically a bird as a teenager yeah and it's like this like foreshadowing i'm like I love this story so much. I want this to be true. <laughs>
1: it's definitely on. I don't know if you guys have lists of questions to someday ask Jesus. Um, it's on my list of questions to be like, what was it like being six and knowing you were the savior of the world? Yeah.
2: Can you imagine? But
1: Nobody else knew.
2: Imagine like, bully, knew. imagine like bullies in school. Yeah. Where you just like being do like, whatever you want to I, like.
1: I can't smite you yet. Oh! Like
2: <laughs> I'd be like, I got to protect people. This is uh, I'm I'm a God of justice, you know? This is
0: why this these <laughs> these powers were not given to me. Um, I mean, I think yes. l- when Jesus was six, he was probably more like uh, Grogu or something like that, like, you know, in a robe, lev- levitating things. Like, that.
2: let me let me just back us up and theologically set us straight. Yes. Jesus was 100% uh, man, uh, human and 100% God. He yes. had all his powers, but also yes. set them aside and allowed the Holy Spirit to work through him. Yes, he didn't give them up. He just decided not to use them. We also operate in the same Holy Spirit. There is no difference between what Jesus could do and what we could do. So I'm just throwing that out there. That is theologically accurate. So all this speculation is not theologically accurate, but it's really fun to think about. So he uh, he's dealing with sin, but also from the perspective that he can see Gnosticism coming. It's f- interesting that Jesus also talked about that there would be wolves in sheep's clothing. Paul also talked about this. There'd uh-huh. be people that would come and teach a different gospel and they would try to take the church off track every single era of history has had different versions of this um and it doesn't matter where you were in history you can find the the heresy mm-hmm. the the gospel that was you know um
1: distorted yeah
2: in that time mm-hmm. and why that was interesting to people yeah i mean there are even whole movements of you know like of uh I don't know. Social and political and movements that were completely based on heretical views of of the gospel.
1: Yeah. The
2: gospel is the most distorted thing because the enemy doesn't want that pure form of the gospel to be understood and lived out and
1: mm-hmm.
2: and part of people's lives. Um and so as I was thinking about it, you know, what would that look like here? You know, what would 2022's version of that heretical and I think there is definitely a I, I it's not the perfect way of saying it. I don't know what the right way of saying it, but there's a liberal theology that uh loses it lacks it's lacks the power of the gospel. Mm-hmm. But it seems nice. There's a like love everyone accept everyone don't call out sin, don't you know, don't be strong like be a, you know, I don't know. Uh, uh I can't exactly, but it's mixed together with this idea of like coexisting and um what's the word what's the other bumper sticker that everyone always has on their cars not not just coexist Start seeing motorcycles <laughs> yes that's the one that's what <laughs> yeah, i was looking okay. for um this idea of like um what is it called when you just put up with somebody
1: except
2: yeah no but no. uh tolerate yes tolerance oh. yeah coexist um and i think like tolerance by the way is like a really low bar like You're not called to just tolerate people. You're called to love people. Uh You're called to love your enemies. Like you're called to love people that you don't agree with, but there's this like coexist tolerance, like wishy washy gospel. That's like, don't call out sin. Don't (laughs) hold anyone accountable. And I think to me, that's probably the heretical. You see this in a lot of mainline churches. I think a lot of people are like, I love tacking Jesus onto this coexist tolerate Mm -hmm. thing. Like I got a little bit of spirituality, connected to this idea that like something that comes from culture and I get the idea, like coexist and tolerate, like don't impose your views on other people. Totally fine with that. Mm -hmm. Don't need to impose my views on other people. But however, I'm not called to just tolerate and call to love. Yeah. Anyways. So their issues were Gnostic and we were just about to begin. And that Gnostic gospel was based in dualism. We talked about where they basically separate the spiritual and the physical And man, this is like so, you know, prevalent now. I mean, think about it. People have sex now and they don't have any other form of relationship with somebody. They just hook up on Tinder. They show up somewhere, they have sex, they go, they leave. There's no emotional connection. There's no spiritual connection. There's no relationship. And they go, this doesn't have a negative effect on me. I can totally hook up with people and do stuff physically and it won't have any effect on me anywhere else. And you're like, That's what Gnostics were saying. Use your body however you want. Do whatever you want. It's not connected to the spiritual aspect of who you are. On the flip side, you have people that say, I'm a spiritual person. But like they're saying the spiritual is more important than the holistic view of who you are as a person. Mm -hmm. And John's trying to recapture this and connect them back and say, look, your actions, the physical part of who you are, the emotional center of who you are, all your relationships and your spirituality, all these things make you who you are and they're holistic and Mm -hmm. you can't separate them and they all need to be in line with who Christ calls you to be. And that means that your holiness is actually important. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, could you come up with a better thing to talk about now? Like (laughs) you can't like, it's so good. It's so good for 2022. Yeah. I'm not sure that it always was.
0: Like among the years, but it seems like it fits really. I think think the only problem with that, though, is that people don't there's a lot of people out there who don't realize that that's what they need right now. Like they think like, oh, I'm struggling in this specific area or I need to cover this topic like I they kind of they think my problem is just one problem, (laughs) you know, like it's not my whole like matrix of life and spirit and all these different things. And so to try and like convey that to someone, it's almost like you have to fight and be like, Hey, our whole way of thinking is messed up. Our whole way of prioritizing is messed up. Our whole way of justifying is messed up. We have to get back to this place in order to even start having this conversation of like incorporating the gospel and yeah. living our life yep. for Jesus. And That's really hard to do. It's really hard to do that in 2022 yeah. for a variety of reasons. Culture, pandemic, a bunch of stuff. So the more we can talk about it uh, and the more we can emphasize like how big of a deal this is, better. And it's, you know, baby steps, like so many things, like it just takes a long time. Yeah. So,
2: yeah. And I've thought about this a lot with my kids. It's like we're now ungating certain things for them because they're at a certain age now where they can kind of handle mm-hmm. some of the Marvel movies, most mm-hmm. of the Star Wars stuff. Like we're ungating these things and watching them with them and having a great time with it. But it's like, I even think about like, do we think that the stuff that we watch has is like, has the negative impact on us that it actually does. Mm. Like we don't really yeah. stop and go, man, eh, maybe I shouldn't watch this anymore. Mm-hmm. It's funny that the biggest prudes that I know are all like, Oh, I couldn't watch that because of this, that, and the other thing. And I'm just like, okay. They're probably right. <laughs> if I were to step back and like, think about it really. I'm like,
1: yeah, they're yeah. probably
2: right.
0: Like, okay. Prude. <laughs> yeah.
2: right. It is connected. You think that like, you're going to yeah. consume something and it's not going to affect yeah. you. No. And we don't assume we don't consume the Bible or we don't consume the relationship with Christ and we consume all this yeah. other stuff. And we think we're still going to be great with Jesus. And it's like, it not really change
1: how we think or what uh,
2: we'll do. somebody, I think Bjorn said this, um, but it's like a really um wow, that was a bad joke that just went through my head. Um, we <laughs> I'll tell you about it later. Uh you are being discipled by something. Yeah. Don't kid yourself. If you aren't discipling towards Jesus, if you aren't picking up his ways, apprenticing with him, yep. something is discipling you. Something is. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so just be honest about what that is. Like step back and say, what is actually driving and motivating me and creating who I am and changing the habits that I have and doing like, and if it's not Jesus, then it's another conversation that you need to think about. And John is saying, don't separate these things. Now, the other issue they were having was with the uh, supremacy of Jesus with the idea that is, uh, it was another heresy called docetism, which for all intents and purposes was one of two things. It was either Jesus made himself look physical and he was just a spirit. It goes along with Gnosticism being the spirit is the really important thing. Or the other way of thinking about it, there were two ideas here within docetism. One was it may have been that Jesus was a real person, but the spirit of God rested on him at his uh, baptism and then left him in the garden. Right. So that the spirit of God was, In Jesus Mm -hmm. for that amount of time while he was doing his ministry. So before he was without the spirit and after he was without the spirit. Mm -hmm. Um, And neither of those things are accurate. And John's like, "Um, I was there. (laughs) By the way, guys, you're missing the idea that he stayed with us for 40 days after the Mm -hmm. crucifixion. And like we yeah, he did like a really great seminar on how to live for 40 days. Yeah, he's, um, he sent those like tongues of fire down too. They're like, all there. Uh, yeah. yeah. So it, it definitely <laughs> yeah. happened. Right. Yeah. So John combats that one too. And yeah. I do think that there's another conversation there to be had. Like in every era, Jesus's godness will be attacked,
0: mm.
2: it will be eroded because mm-hmm. that is another core way that you uh, essentially give people a gospel that isn't accurate or true. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So if you don't start with the idea that you have sin, you have nothing that you need to be saved for. If you can erode who Jesus is, then he can't be the one that saves you. Um, If you can erode the simple idea that you're a whole person that needs to be fully saved in all aspects of your life that erodes Mm -hmm. the gospel, all these things erode the gospel. There are versions of them. Every era, the evil one has a scheme and a plan to try to bring about the same confusion among every group of people all throughout history. And it's like we have to be smart enough to identify those things Mm -hmm. and to call them out for what they are Mm -hmm. and to not allow ourselves to fall into those traps. And, um, you know, I think we've got some work to do as a society now or as a Christian, as a church, as a Christian church, a big C church, Mm -hmm. that there's a lot that we are doing that is not honoring to God. There's a lot that we're allowing ourselves to be okay with that
0: we really shouldn't. Yeah. You know. And, uh, yeah, yeah, it's funny to me how you know we've been doing this podcast for a little while now, and so many of these <laughs> conversations um even though like the sermon series change and we go in different directions, uh we still kind of come back to some of the same conclusions, like there are themes that we keep stumbling upon in in talking more about and going deeper in, and I just think like uh, the the big one right now that I'm kind of feeling is um, what you just said, just kind of that notion of not only as a church, but as individual Christians, like our current version, what that looks like, our current outputs, habits, uh, you know, spiritual habits. Like there's a lot more that we should be doing and could be doing. And so if anything, going through First John is sort of a call to go back to the purest form of faith, of spirituality, of Christianity.
2: You yeah. Know? If anything, he's saying, just be honest. Yeah. Yeah, he calls him a liar multiple times. Yeah. He's like, no, the truth is not in you and you're a liar. Also, at one point he says, the truth is not in you and you're calling Jesus a liar.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Like, stop playing the game where totally, you, yeah. you justify it, you make room for it, you act like it's not a problem, you act like it's not affecting you. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs>
0: what actually are we doing
2: here? Yeah, yeah. Like, it is and it yeah. does. And I was there and this is real and this is yeah. what Jesus was and this is what the, the so gospel is. And like, And Yeah. Stop. Yeah. yeah. Liars. Stop it. So the, the like last thing I really wanted to touch on was just, well, actually it's really two things. We only have a couple minutes left, but uh, one was that I just want to warn you and, and, and this is just calling it truth. Mm -hmm. I think the way it is, this is something that I think has become more prevalent to me over the past, like four or five years, given our political environment, just be careful about what you um, look at as valid online mm-hmm. like and i'm not talking about you know theologically
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know like to me there is this problem i kind of mentioned it i'm mentioning it again here where we go to the google machine we ask a question in a certain way which returns us an answer which then we validate through our echo chamber because we only listen to this voice and then when we start listening to them we find another voice like them we listen to them we find another voice like them we listen to them and I found myself to fall into this trap politically, theologically, uh, you know, on social media in different ways where I'll get caught up in something that is not important or conspiracy theory based mm-hmm. or and it is really hard to dig yourself out of something that you um you know, found yourself taking in people's opinions and, and here's the real problem when it comes to the- theological, because I mean, whatever, like political is almost innocuous. We really actually don't have any uh, power or say in what actually happens in the political environment. We're just mm-hmm. a bunch of sheep being used by the system. Um, anyways, that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> but theologically, yeah. you know, I have friends. I have a friend who uh, uh, and I know you won't. He won't listen to this podcast. So that's okay. I'm going to call him out, not by name, but he sends me um, videos all the time to watch of like a theologian that I know is not one that I would say is um, Orthodox, mm-hmm. is somebody who's on the fringe and kind of is pushing theology that is not mainstream and not necessarily, I would say, lined up with scripture. And so when it's I. A, it's a
0: experiential theology. <laughs>
2: Yeah. It's like what we were talking about before. Like you have an idea, you place it on top of, and then you look for a way to make mm-hmm. it happen. Mm-hmm. So, and you know, I've researched, I've read this person's stuff. I've watched their videos. I know who they are. I get where they're coming from. I have a pretty good handle on who they are. Uh, when I would warn my friend about like, Hey, just so you know, this is non-Orthodox opinion. This person's theology is not, you know, traditional. It's not been handed down by church theologians for the last 2000 years. Um, you know, one of my professors in college told me that if you ever come up with a new idea, it's wrong. And I was like, what? And he was like, no, no, listen, we have 2000 years of church historians and theologians. And he's like, if you have a new theology, it's not right. Yeah. Somebody would have came up with it, would have talked about it, would have, you can go read
0: somebody's viewpoint on it. I feel like I say that about a lot of like, theologians like because they they promote like a, their certain brand of theology yeah. or their their viewpoint, their perspective. And it's like, well, there's probably truth in there. Yeah. But, you know, if that was God's endorsed like version, then I think he would have laid that out pretty clear. Yep. And it's not like. Yeah. So he's listening to this YouTube channel
2: and, you know, got these new ideas about, mm-hmm. you know certain things substitute sherry tom the one we've had the most argument over which is the whole if you want to talk about that later i'd love to um different podcasts yep but and then you know found podcasts where there's these people that complain about the church and use a lot of this guy's stuff to like start a conversation and then they're connected with another podcast where that they do something like that and now he's listening to, like three or four podcasts yeah. he's like who, gone down the rabbit trail and he's like yeah. and and this was his exact words like I can't believe I found this community of deconstructionists that really I resonate with, you know, and I was just like, no, you didn't. You found this one terrible theologian and mm-hmm. these idiots who get on a podcast and say whatever they want. By the way, we're doing it right now. It doesn't mean that you have any authority. Yeah. Like
1: anyone can do it. Just because you have a podcast. I mean, you're anything special. Yeah.
0: Um And now our our dozens and dozens of views is going to go way down. And now he's full on into the
2: community of these, you know, it's like, and I'm like, no, you, you were hurt. Yeah. And you asked the question to the Googles that like gave you a response that confirmed your bias and you found the person that agreed with you who sounded the most legit. And then you went and found a community of other people who think like you because they were also hurt and also resonated to the same thing. And now you've got a community of people who are
0: just off track. I mean, what you're describing with your friend, this is a microcosm of like the last 2000 years of church history. Like every denominational split has essentially been this. Like- <laughs>
2: but, but the access was the problem. Yeah. Somebody like that in, you know, a thousand years ago. Yeah. Couldn't find that community. And now it could be a very small number mm-hmm. of people that you find yeah. that lead you astray we got to do better at mm-hmm. uh, assessing what's right. Uh-huh. Um, the Jews have this um, uh, saying, it's like one of, you know, they have a lot of like wisdom saying that are extra biblical, but that God separated light from dark on day one and then spent the rest of eternity uh, teaching us to separate light from dark. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's probably the most important skill that we mm-hmm. need today is to understand like To reestablish the idea that there are experts, Mm -hmm. that not everyone's the same on the Internet, uh, that like somebody who may sound really good or eloquent or put together a great video might actually be full of crap. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And to be able to see that stuff and know what we're looking at and Mm -hmm. understand that this is Mm -hmm. rotten. Yeah. This is not going to lead me where I want to go. Discernment. Yes. So spiritual spiritual gift. That was the one thing I wanted to mention. And then the last thing was just the idea that he closes it by saying, God loves you. Unbelievable. He is your advocate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And by telling us that he says, Hey, sin is a real thing. And if you would admit it, you know, uh, chapter one, I think verse. Oh, was it six where, Hey, if we're, if we confess our sins, Jesus is faithful to forgive us of our sins and to Mm -hmm. cleanse us from all unrighteousness in that. It's him as an advocate to the father that brings about the forgiveness of sins and the righteousness that we seek after. Mm -hmm. It can be found nowhere else. Mm -hmm. And it shows how God feels about you personally. Mm -hmm. Like he, yes, he hits everybody really hard with a, hey guys, stop screwing around here and realize how important your sin is and realize you have sin and realize you are a sinner and realize you're capable of a lot of pain that you could create in a lot of people's lives and great harm and great evil. If you aren't taking this seriously, but also remember Jesus loves you so much that he advocates for you actively in the presence of God so that you don't walk into that room, essentially that throne room mm-hmm. and say, God, give me mercy. He walks into that throne room, yeah. takes on the, <coughs> the sentence that you deserve and advocates for you to be allowed to receive grace and mercy. Yeah. And like, don't get that mixed up because that's the motivation of everything that we do. We talk mm-hmm. about there's more to do. We can do more. We got to be more holy. None of those things are driven by us deciding to just create a plan to do more stuff. Yeah, Those things are driven by the idea that like Jesus paid the price for us, mm-hmm. that he advocates for us, that he loves us. Yep. And so now we're responding out of love, not out of duty, not out of shame. Mm-hmm. Like We're responding out of a proper understanding of who God is. And, you know, I talked about understanding that as a parent, I get it. I want to say yes to my kids. Yeah. I especially yeah. want to say yes to Macy because Miles is always trying to manipulate me. and I don't want to, but, but seriously, I want to say yes to my kids. This is the yeah. way God looks at us. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is yeah. my child. This is my son this is my daughter. Yeah. And Jesus stands in the middle and advocates for us like a lawyer, right? He's the yeah. one making sure that those proceedings go. And then he steps in and takes the, the abuse, the punishment, and says, you guys can do this. Like, I'm going to cleanse you of unrighteousness. I'm going to forgive sins. You, mm-hmm. All you I'm faithful. All you have to do is confess. Yep. And I think we've lost lost that idea. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, what John's talking about here is something that we need to figure out, too. It's almost as if this is like applicable all throughout history.
1: As if. And we're going to spend the next seven weeks digging into this more. Mm -hmm. Um, If you want to read ahead for Sunday, we're going to be in chapter two, verses three through twenty seven.
0: And if you're having trouble with clarity, might I recommend Window World? (laughs) (laughs) Hate going to the post office. (laughs) Can I tell you, stamps. dot yeah, the, the Get Upside app, yeah, Loot Crate, oh <laughs> uh, uh, any of these co- corporate entities, if you want to sponsor us, please reach out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Do we want to throw the same What's challenge? What's the out? Christian
0: version of this? Can we get like uh, Lifeway, yeah, like like
1: <laughs>
0: Christian book distributor CBD or whatever? David C Cook, yeah, uh, <laughs> we're here. <laughs> group publishing.
1: <laughs> We're going to use the same challenge as last week um because Mark didn't actually do it this Sunday. I forgot. Um I had a word. So if you have a word between today and tomorrow. Um today is Wednesday so by Wednesday Friday. by Friday. By Friday yeah. Um mm-hmm. by Friday morning send Mark a text or an email and give him a word and he I will try and remind him um to work it into his sermon on Sunday just because it's fun. Mm -hmm. So that's our fun engagement piece.
0: Cool. The the pros know Home Depot. Uh, Oh my gosh. Uh, We got to monetize this, Aaron. Come on.
2: We have have tens of viewers, (laughs) tens of listeners.
0: Uh, Thank you for joining us today. It's been a fun conversation. We hope that you got something out of it. And uh, we hope to see you this Sunday at church. Uh, We are most likely taking a week off next week. Uh, yes we're, we're gonna be down Florida I think Megan's gonna force us well I think if we uh maybe
2: maybe we'll smuggle the, the gear with Let's us just take the gear with us and yeah. then just do like a rogue
0: yeah. uh in, a, in mean, our if, room in if our Aaron
1: if Aaron brings the podcast gear he's gonna have to not bring so many shoes <laughs> it's
0: true <laughs> it is true
1: so you make the call there on what's what's more I important could, to you I, I could just feel like we sit
0: down a church planner and interview them That'd yeah be kind of fun right uh, we could set up at the conference and just be like interviewing people as they walk by. can interview Brian Souter,
2: you
1: know?
0: Yeah. The other Brian. The other Suter.
1: Brian Suter. <laughs> yeah.
0: The uh, the not
2: red. Yeah, just for FYI, we have Brian Suter at our church, who's amazing. <laughs> and there's a Brian Suter who just planted a church out west of the cities. Yeah, that uh who's also amazing. <laughs> I have two Brian Suters in my phone, and I often text the wrong one. Yeah. it's fun. So maybe we'll have a podcast next week. Maybe so, we won't. I have original Brian Suter, and I have Brian Suter Branch Church in my phone. <laughs> so,
0: hey Brian, our Brian, you're the OG. OG. Yeah, you're the OG. Yeah. So we love you. Uh, Brian out west you're the TNG the next generation (laughs) get out of here Uh, yeah have a great week everybody love you guys